Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Card presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg Piatelli and myself recap the most recent week in baseball. We go through the hot and cold teams, the top players of the week, some Red Sox talk, some Phillies talk, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures. It was a ton of fun to record. We cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments. As always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you leave us a nice review as well. Find us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But again, enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. And here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. And joining me, as always, is my man, the prophet himself, Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Awesome. Um, Bruins look good. Red Sox looking good uh things are almost right in the world yeah you know uh how are you doing what i'm good i'm good uh i was thinking today as as i was looking over our picks from the nhl from the stanley cup playoffs and if you hear in the background um that is my dog coming in to say hello to us but (laughs) um yeah i'm doing pretty well i was looking over our picks and saw that I got two series 100% correct last round. So I made a nice little push in terms of our accuracy in terms of points. But Greg, as we mentioned in the last show, you went 4-0, really making a dent in Jared's lead. Uh, so now I only trail by a point. You now are trailing by 10 points compared to your over or 15-point deficit or over 15-point, almost 20-point deficit you had after the first round. And I think we're both about to make a very large dent as Jared thought that the Carolina Hurricanes were going to take down the Bruins in five games. And as you mentioned, the Bruins are up 3-0. And I also thought about this, Greg, a little spin zone for you. You know, since the Celtics ruined the Boston sweep, either you get three teams in the finals, which you know, we talked about how Philadelphia is the only one that's done four for four. I don't know if anybody's done three three of four outside of the four for four it, of appearances. So you can either be that, be the only city to ever hold all three, because I'm pretty sure that's never happened. Or, on the flip side of it, you can be the only franchise to have ever blown two 3 elites. So, really, it's all wins here, Greg. You fucking, you're such a dick. <laughs> such a dick. I, I picked the Bru- I still am alive with my Stanley Cup pick. I picked the Bruins to win the Cup. I just thought, I was thinking about that and, and thought it was a little, had, to, had to, to give you that spin zone, just in case, just in case. Yeah, just in case I forgot my worst ever live Sporting I event forgot that I've you seen. went to the game. I forgot you. Oh, went you to forgot. The game. How convenient. <laughs> oh, how convenient. Oh man. Yeah, but my, you. You know. <laughs> we can talk about that a little bit at the end. But this past week of baseball, obviously a little bit shorter of a week since we last spoke, since we recorded Thursday afternoon. But a lot happened this weekend, and a lot happened Tuesday night, which we can talk about since you were there. But Greg, let's let's jump into the usual business. Hot and cold teams will start in the American League. And I'll start with you, my friend. Who do you got for your hot team 
of the week? American League. Um, I mean, it's tough not to say the Red Sox two weeks in a row, but uh, I feel like you have to go with the team that won seven straight, and that's the Houston Astros. Jordy, tell me why Houston's on an unbelievable tear right now. Yeah, so as Greg mentioned, seven wins in a row, and a lot of this is just coming off the back of a number of their guys starting to really, really kill the ball, uh, but fantastic pitching as well. But um, yeah, two shutouts in there, a couple one-run games, but also putting up three games where they put up double digits. I mean, these guys are starting to really see the ball really well in the last week. Uh, And this is all without Jose Altuve. He's been on the DL for a couple weeks, but Michael Brantley, George Springer, Alex Bregman, all picking up. I mean, Bregman, we kind of figured. Who's Aldemus Diaz? Aldemus Diaz. Uh, yeah. He's he's their utility guy. It looks like first yeah, base. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's having a he had a great week. He had a, yeah. eleven RBIs, three home runs in the last seven days, and and you know Houston's on a on a what? Uh, like we just said, a, a seven game seven streak. Game win, yeah, seven game win. Brantley too. Brantley's had a pretty big week as well. And Springer, um, obviously, and whatever. But I mean, yeah. it's it's. If if I mean they being the Rangers, Carlos Correa and Jake Marisnik all have one more hit. They have five guys batting over three hundred, which is just insane. Yeah, and like I mean the they beat they being the Royals and the Rangers and the Tigers. And granted, those aren't yeah. the best of teams, but the Rangers had a pretty hot start. Um, yep. and the Royals and the, the Astros had a really slow start too. Mm-hmm. This is what like you kind of figured at like with the Red Sox, you figure that these teams that are you know probably two of the top three teams in baseball, probably the top two, you know, depending on where you, where you fall, where you fall on some other teams that are just that you expect after a slow start to have these kind of runs. So them playing teams like LA, like Kansas city, like Texas, like Detroit, you expect them to go nine and one against those opponents. Uh, So, I mean, it's nice that they're doing it on the road too. Obviously, Winning a combined nineteen to five currently in your series in Detroit, and you're going you're going tonight to try to go for the sweep and for eight in a row. But I mean, you're, you're expecting them to do that. So the fact that they're actually really starting to see that, really starting to tear the cover off the ball, is exactly what you need. Yeah, I mean, the Astros and and the fact that they're right now a plus eighty three run differential, uh, as you yeah, mentioned, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, they'll you look at their wins: eleven to four, eight to one, fifteen to five, eleven to four. Three nothing, four two, nine nothing, six to four, ten four, fourteen four. They're just absolutely hammering teams. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. And that's you know those those types of numbers are, are through the roof. Oh yeah, and I, I mean again, it, it's we keep saying it, but they're obviously their offense has been insane. But you can't really, you can't not even really, you just cannot discount what their pitching's been doing. Um, the starting staff is really is really getting it going with Garrett Cole and, and Verlander leading the way there, but they're back under their bullpen with Roberto, with Roberto Osuna uh, has been fantastic. And they have, they have a number of other guys, Hector Rendon, Ryan Presley and Will Harris are all their, their setup men. Uh, and the highest ERA of all of them is Hector Rendon, who in 15 games is only allowed three earned runs. Uh, so that's the, you know, that's the kind of the back end that you're working with and with guys like Verlander, Cole, Brad Peacock, Wade Miley's actually having a pretty good year too, uh, former Red Sox, Greg. Yeah. And they're, I mean, but when they're able to hand hand the ball off to even two of those three setup men, and then have Osuna close it out, you know, it's yeah, that's just a tough equation to beat. Yeah, no, I agree. Did yeah. you have a different team, or are you going to stick with the Astros as well? 
Um, I was going to pick the Astros, but I'll pick a second one. You're not going to like it. And the only reason why I'm doing this is because we're going to talk about the Red Sox anyway. Uh, but I'm going to talk about the Yankees for a minute. They, uh, they've had themselves not, a good not, week. Not the Minnesota Twins? No, I talked about the Twins a couple weeks ago. Um, I figured diversify it out a little bit. Uh, but like the Twins, Yankees winners of seven of their last three. I also could have picked our favorite, Greg, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, but we talk about them a lot, and I'm sure Rays Watch 2019 will, will begin very soon. But the Yankees, seven of their last ten, uh, they're they're starting to take care of business, kind of what, what some people thought they might be able to do, uh, present company excluded. <laughs> the Yankees, one, two, or three from Minnesota about a week and a half ago, took three or four from Seattle, and then over the weekend took two or three from Tampa Bay. Um, they won the first game of their doubleheader today because the weather in the East Coast, I'm sure, Greg, you're seeing this too in Boston, but in Philadelphia and in Baltimore, basically the same weather patterns as us has been nothing but rain since Sunday afternoon. Uh, today, the sun finally sh- came out for the first time in three days. So the Yankees have missed two games, but took care of business in game one, and they're up 5-3 currently in game two against the Orioles. Uh, or Actually, no, Yahoo is that wrong. It's 0-0 right now, but it shows 5-3 when you see it on the little box score at the top. Um, but anyway, they're starting to, to figure things out, and this is a team that a lot of people were talking about, you know, they've had a number of injuries and they're still guys are still shuffling through the, the revolving door of the, the injured list, but Clint Frazier's hitting the ball. Well, Aaron judge hitting the ball. Well, DJ LeMayhew hitting 333, 21 ribbies, Luke Voigt leading a team with 30 home or 30 RBI and 10 home runs. Um, Gary Sanchez with 11. I mean, so these guys, a lot of the same story, a lot of home runs, but they're really starting to get those averages up, Greg. So you got to give them credit where it's due, and their pitching staff has looked a lot better than where they started at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and and it's to be said without Judge, without you know, without their guys that people thought were going to be there, right? Stanton, even Tulowitzki, even though he's garbage, but um, and that's sort of the you know the, the craziest part about this is that. You know they're going about it with these quote unquote, all these quote unquote injuries, and that's the story. And everyone's all up in arms about how you know oh the Yankees are good and everyone's hurt and Gary Sanchez is finally doing well and DJ Lemanthew and whatever. But the point is, Jordy, um, the Yankees are young. The Yankees are good. We knew they were going to have talent. We knew they were going to be this type of team. And and yep. um, you know they set the most amount of home runs last year for a reason. Um, yep. And that's partly because they play in a little league park, but that's also because they can hit the ball. Yeah. And um, a lot of credit too. I didn't mention him, but Cameron Mabin's really come onto the scene well for him. They picked him up a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's batting 297, no homers for him. So he's the, uh, uh, the small ball guy, but getting on base, non base percentage of, of 422 in 13 games with New York so far this season. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of getting it done in all different ways. Yeah, no. And, and, uh, you know, good for, Good for us. Good for good for us for getting that right. Yeah. I mean, I think you had them second, so they're in your current slated spot. So good for good, you. I don't know. For, um, honorable mentions, though. You mentioned Minnesota. You mentioned Tampa Bay. Um, that, that's really about it. Cleveland's still fumbling around. Their offense hasn't really figured it out. And, um, you know, that's, that's probably one that you want to see start to figure it out somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, let's go to cold teams though. American league, Greg, who do you got for that? 
Um, and and we don't like to talk about teams that like the Blue Jays two and eight that are probably going to be cold all all year. We don't like to talk about or personally I don't like to talk about that. Um, and we t- it's tough because we talked about Seattle last week, um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Cleveland just because, okay. you know, the Twins are are doing all right, but they're they're giving them Cleveland a chance to come back, right? They're giving Cleveland an opportunity to to catch up, and and Cleveland losing two out of three to Oakland, splitting with the White Sox, um, you know, splitting with the Marlins, losing to the Astros. They just they're not taking advantage of it. And uh, this team that really should be signing Kluber, I guess, yeah. <laughs> getting back some pitching to help them because, or uh, they need a bat clearly because they've only put up 150 runs, but also they've, you know, they, their pitching is doing all right, but um, it, it comes down to they're not producing offensive runs and, and they're giving up too many which is uh, you know the easiest, simple, dumbest thing to say in baseball, but 153 runs total uh, against and 150 scored is is never a good sight. No, 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 and that's that's probably the the main point of this that we were talking about a little bit. Their offense certainly is not there. They are in the bottom 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 five teams. Of, uh, for whatever reason, couldn't say that. Uh, in offensively, statistically, um, also not a word there. But yeah, I mean they're struggling without with a number of guys hurt. Some guys like Jose Ramirez having a really bad start to his season. He's batting 195 with only four homers, a guy who had a lot of high expectations. Um, you know, and when Francisco Lindor is only bad in 279, that's tough to swallow too. Carlos Santana, you know, you bring him back after his year with the Phillies. He's kind of batting around the same level. And he's still getting on base a ton. He has 22 walks versus his 26 strikeouts. Um, but a lot of the other guys in this team just really aren't stepping up. I know they've had they've had injuries here and there, but they're either not hitting or or missing guys. And you know, you, you mentioned it, Greg. They're pitching outside of Brad Hand, who's their closer, by the way. Um, their pitching staff really is struggling. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know if if guys are still banged up a little bit. Um, Trevor Bauer comes to mind of whether or not he is, even though his ERA is, is floating around three. He's he is four and two right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the what the solution is. If it's a their offense is going to right the ship soon, you know you you hope playing the the Baltimore Orioles for four games and the Oakland A's for four or three games at home is going to kind of put you in a good position before you host Tampa Bay in a couple weeks. But I don't know. Uh, something's got to give. the The water has to find its level, and I don't know when exactly it finds that in the Cuyahoga River. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Always think about that that song from uh, the opening of Major League. Yeah. Jordan, did you have a cold team of the week, or are you just gonna ride? Yeah, out I'm gonna I'm jokes? gonna go a little. Out, I'm gonna go a little bit out of the box. I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, as my cold team of the week. They are five and five in their last ten games. Um, they actually won their most two most recent series before losing to Minnesota to lose that series today really took care of business in Detroit, took care of business at Baltimore. And then up in Minnesota, they won their first game, lost their second game by a run and lost today by a run as well uh, to lose that series two one. 
but the thing that's that's the struggle for the, for the Angels is that they either start the season off or start their games off cold and then have to put something together later in games when you know it's either too little too late because their their pitching staff uh put them in a bad spot that was the case today the angels were down six to one before they actually started to score runs and they let up two more and ended up losing eight to seven um and they actually put together a ninth, a ninth inning rally to make it eight seven but the other day their offense just couldn't fully get it going um, this is a team that with Shohei Otani returning in the last week, hitting a home run this, this week, going three for four yesterday, um, you know, doing, doing pretty well, uh, doing okay today, bat, batting one for six, but scoring a run, getting on base and, and taking advantage of that. Uh, Mike Trout, obviously, you know, do, doing what he's able to do. Returning um, just in, just in hitting. Correct. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking about there, there. Yeah. With Shohei Otani. I don't think he's yeah. pitched yet. I don't think he's allowed to pitch for for this year. I think he did. He get Tommy John surgery. I think he needed it, right? Yeah, I think he got Tommy John, so I think he's only allowed to hit. I don't think he's allowed to pitch yet. So I think we'll we'll get an idea. We'll get a really good idea of his hitting ability uh, through you know three two thirds of a season. If I had to guess, I don't know if they're going to just also rest him because even even hitting it you know ex- expends some energy on your arm. Um, but yeah, I mean the bottom half of their lineup though. That's probably where it, where it starts to starts to fall apart a little bit. Zach Cozart really not hitting well so far this year. They have a couple guys. Uh, they called up a guy, Jared Walsh, who went three for five today. Uh, those were his first three hits of the season, or first five at bats even. Um, but yeah, I, you know, they're just it's been kind of the story surrounding surrounding LA of A uh, all season that really outside of their their top five hitters that they can't really get a complete lineup to to totally figure everything out but i mean they're 20 and 23 they're doing better than than i certainly thought they were going to and if not for a houston seven game win streak they'd be fairly close in this race right now right no and and i mean that's the that's the beauty of it right is that they you know they have the offense they have the in theory, they have the bats that could propel them at least to a wild card, you would think. Yep. Um, but they don't have the pitching. And you, you can't, especially in, in the West where there's just too many good offensive power teams, you're not going to beat, if you're not going to beat teams 15 to 14 like the Yankees, then you need to be able to pitch. And, and Matt Harvey, <laughs> Cahill, um, you know, not really getting the, I mean, those are the only two guys, right? Not really getting the job done for them so far. So, uh, they still have Garrett Richards, don't they? Is he, is he banged up again? Uh, he's not, I don't think he's pitched this year. Oh, yeah, maybe he's hurt. Um, and hence why I've heard so little from him. But uh, like, but like Matt Harvey, Trevor Kale, both six, five, six, nine, six, six ERA. Like that's, yeah, that, that that's tough. You know, those that's are tough to be, swallow. Yeah. Those are supposed to be your quote unquote best pitchers, right? This year. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Jordy national league team. Uh, what do you got? You got a hot team of the week. Um, yeah, yeah I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Uh, I could go with, with the team I picked to win, win the NL central. I'll let you take them if you'd like, but I'm going to go with L with LA of, LAD, the lads, if you will, uh, who are still same story aside from a little bit of a skid. 
um, pitching really well, hitting even better. Third Major League Baseball in total runs scored and sixth in ERA. Um, these guys, Greg, I mean, I don't know what we can say that hasn't been said. Cody Bellinger hitting really well. Justin Turner hitting really well. Corey Seager hitting better. Um, and the rest of that's the rest of that support cast that, you know, has been been the story throughout every regular season for the last couple of years that the Dodgers are, are able to plug and play and it works over the course of the regular season. And I think as they start to gain more and more momentum, it's going to once again be the question of whether or not they can they can you know, reproduce it in the playoffs, but their pitchings look better and better. And that's, a, that's part of the reason why I'm picking them. Um, guys like Ross Stripling, Julio Urias, uh, Clayton Kershaw in just his six starts. Cause he missed the beginning of the season looking pretty sharp. So the Dodgers, you know, they're looking great. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, uh, great pick. And just to be different and to give a team that, uh, really should be talked about a little bit is the Cubs. Um, yes. You know, this this last week alone, they've two out of three versus the Brewers, uh, swept the Marlins. Nope. Two out of three from the Marlins, swept the Cardinals. Sorry, excuse me. Swept the Mariners. Two out of three from the Diamondbacks. Two out of three from your Dodgers. So yep. they, as a team, are – hitting the ball really well, uh, 209 runs scored and their pitching staff, you could argue is, you know, John Lester has been one of the better pitchers in all of baseball this year. Yeah. Um, and that's, and even Cole Hamels with 49 strikeouts and, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of good things going on for them right now. Um, yeah, the Phillies go there for a four game set next week and I am very nervous. I mean, John Lester's got a 1.16 ERA. So yeah. they their their pitchings look great, and we mentioned we mentioned this every week, but their offense is just getting better and better and better after starting so cold. Chris Bryant is now batting two seventy. He was batting well below the Mendoza line in the first couple weeks of the season. Wilson Contreras above three hundred. Javi Baez is up to three twenty. Anthony Rizzo's at two fifty, and he was batting below the Mendoza line before. These guys are starting to catch fire, and I think. If you if the NL Central isn't careful, this is going to turn into this could start to turn into 2016, especially because the Brewers they they had a very good week and that's a good honorable mention because they kind of needed to and uh, they are currently up one nothing on the Phillies so they're about to win or not about to it's only the first inning. Um, I get so nervous, Greg, but <laughs> but the Cubs they I mean if their pitching sit, continues like this the way that they were that they were able to in 2016 then you know we're we're getting to a position where it becomes basically what the, where the brewers and cardinals have to fight for the spots the cubs and pirates did the year that they finished 1 2 that they and the cardinals finished 1 2 3 in the national league and that that could certainly happen um i think this is this division might be a little too good from top to bottom for it to be a 1 2 3 type scenario in the national league but who knows i mean i'm feeling more and more confident about my pick for the cubs to win the central uh, so, so good on me. Yeah, and it, me. it comes down to the Brewers, you know, letting up, figuring it out. Yeah. Well, no, they let up. They're letting. They let up two hundred and two runs as a pitching staff. That's miserable. Yeah. The reason yeah. why they're winning is because they're they're because their offense is great. Their offense is through the roof. So through the moon. And they, so 
and they pl- they play much better at home than they do away. Right. I think that's probably the the craziest thing about Milwaukee shifting gears to them is that they're nine and eleven away. I mean, not a ton of teams are great away from home. The Cubs are only ten and eight. The Dodgers are ten and ten. The Phillies are nine and nine. So it's not a you know it's not like that's abysmal to be under to be two games under five hundred on the road. But when you're starting staff struggles that much and offensively you really only seem to get it going when you're playing in your home and on your home field that is something to be concerning about whereas the cubs have been doing it all over the place they've won on the road they've won at wrigley field which was something that that ended up being a little bit of their downfall last year is that they blew the wild the game 163 and the wild card game at, at there but they're winning well on the road they're winning even better at wrigley so you got to give them all props there. Yeah, I hear you. Um, but I, the Brewers, maybe they go get Kluber. You know. Yeah. Or, who knows? I mean, yeah. Or Keuchel, which one? Which one's out? I Keuchel's got... the one. That, Keuchel's the free agent. Okay, I, I always get them confused. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Kluber's not a not a crazy thought if the Indians don't figure it out and they're right. they're kind of out there to try to try to start to. I don't know where where they fall of. When do they think they're over the hump in the central? If the twins really are blooming into this team that we saw a couple of years ago when they won the wild card or when they, they got a wild card spot and lost to the Yankees in the wild card game. Uh, but if that's starting to really develop into we're becoming the class of the American league central, do they want to try to figure out how can they, can we restock some yeah, of the farm? No. And, and, and I think the Cubs, uh, but going back to my team of the week are really doing what they need to do to, um, you know, they're winning where they need to win. Well, take that's strides, the most important thing. Know, take strides and, and win more series than they lose, right? And that's really the goal of any major league baseball season since so long is you know win more series than you lose and, and not get swept. And I think the Cubs are doing that right now. Jordy, uh, can we just agree and talk about one cold of the team of the week? And that has to be the St. Louis Cardinals, who are sure as shit playing themselves out of the Central Division. Uh, yes, I totally agree with you. They are by far the coldest team in terms of, like Greg mentioned, we're not going to spend every week talking about the Miami Marlins, who are one and nine. Uh, we're going to talk about teams <laughs> that we we think could be could be doing better if not for a shitty week. And nobody's done shittier in terms of contenders than the St. Louis Cardinals. Winners of three of their last seven games. We're seeing what once started to be this awesome tear they were on where they were hitting the, the crap out of the ball. Their pitching staff look, looked awesome. All of a sudden, it's the well has started to dry up offensively. And pitching-wise, Greg, it's it's been a little bit of a concern as well. Uh, pulling up their schedule, they aside from a seventeen to to seventeen to four win against the Pirates and a fourteen to three winning at the Braves yesterday, they've really struggled to score runs, not being able to 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 score more than one run in five of their six losses where they got shut out. They uh, shut, got shut up by the Phillies. They only scored one run against the Phillies at home and then lost two games, two to one against the pirates where they actually had some good pitching and then lost 10 to six to, to get to lose three of four to the Pittsburgh pirates over the weekend. Um, now they hit the road, obviously a nice night last night, but that's something really to be concerned about. Cause you're, you're starting to face, some better teams in Atlanta. You're going to go face uh, uh, Texas this weekend, and you host Kansas City in that that crazy Missouri rivalry. But well, it's also you know it's also like they got swept by the Cubs, 
Okay, yep. we just talked about the Cubs being the hottest team, but they're also the same division. So you have to at least win one game because if you get swept you by have a team, to. yeah, if you get swept by a team who's who's above you, you know that's just only going to make it worse for yourselves. The Phillies losing two out of three at home, tough look. The worst look is losing three out of four to the Pirates. I know Jared would think otherwise, but losing three out of four to the Pirates is basically like getting swept again. Division divisional team that's below you, right? Who's yeah, now pretty- a game behind you because you lost three out of four. Three out of four to them, and the right. Pirates have a negative forty-seven run differential, so they shouldn't be right. putting ten runs up against you, right? And, and you're only putting up six. All right, it'd be like losing to the Marlins or, or or the Orioles three out of four. So it's just a terrible week for them. Uh, still above five hundred, and only three and a half games back, which just shows how good of a start that they had this season. Um, yeah, but to kind of put it, paint a picture, they've yeah. only won four games in May. Yeah, that's crazy. In in a division with the Cubs and Brewers, uh, you're gonna like have the to Mets be, last year. Yeah, in a division with the Cubs and Brewers, you're gonna have to do better than that. So yeah. easy, cold, cold team of the week for both of us, Jordy. What is the next segment, kid? Let's do uh, let's do a little Red Sox talk, Greg. I want to hear. You went to the game last night. You saw Chris Sale's 17 strikeouts. Paint me a word picture. What was it like last night? Um. It was freezing, but not not as cold as the World Series game that I went to. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, a little, little humble brag there. Love it. <laughs> unfortunately, no Dells, but that'll come later in the stadium snack on what I actually got to eat. Um, Ooh. Ooh, it was for later. It was it was it was disappointing because they had a four nothing lead. Chris Dale gets a two run home run. All right, fine. Still four two. Guys struck out seventeen guys. We should be fine. Nope, Brandon Workman. Two-run home run, four-four. As a pitching staff, they struck out twenty-one or twenty-two guys through the shit. Yeah, through just through nine innings, let alone the extra that they went into. Um, so as a pitching staff, they did their, they did, they did it well. Besides the four home runs, they did enough. And uh, the Red Sox hit three home runs to get three out of the four of their runs, and then manufactured the other one. But so it was a, it was a good little run here. Um, the Red Sox right now have seems like they've been sparked um two things their pitching staff looks like you know we had talked about in the preview blog about swihart or pod about swihart and um catcher blake swihart mm-hmm. christian vasquez and uh, sandy leone they started the year with sandy leone in AAA and blake swihart in the majors and then they traded blake and brought up sandy and since sandy leone has come back it's sort of seemed like he's corrected chris sale uh, and a couple of the other pitchers. So nothing to be said because Blake Swire is a great player, but, you know, Sandy Leone is just one of those catchers who is going to play two or three, two times or one time out of five. And, uh, he's the Doug Mirabelli. Exactly. But he's going to make the pitching staff that much better. Yeah. Um, just and can't then, get, it's not like you can only catch a knuckleball. Yeah. Well, he only That's still the, one of the better he, he only like, creature, creature still, stories but. of Doug Mirabelli getting the flight from, I think he was with the Padres and then, LA, or Boston PD just drives him in a police a police brigade from Logan Airport to Fenway. Yeah, they uh, read the deadline. They traded for him for the playoffs, all that. Um, really, it's this kid, Michael Chavis, who they called up just now this year. Uh, he's He's been playing yeah, second. He's killing it. Yeah, he's been playing second because Pedroia and then Nunez got hurt, um, but Nunez being back. But Chavis plays second. He's originally a third baseman, but he's been playing second. Um his thing is, though, he's got seven home runs since he's been up. His big thing is loves to strike out um, and loves to to sort of 
hit solo home runs as opposed to when guys are on. But um, he's a good little player, good little guy. Twenty-one games, seven home runs. So that's pretty good math if you if you do it out that way. Um, that is as many as Mookie in half the games, and almost as many RBI. Yeah. Also, yep. almost as many strikeouts in as many games as Mookie. So good on you, Mookie. <laughs> yeah, Mookie's having a Mookie's having a pretty good year. Um, <laughs> no, I really, mean, the the MVP has to be. You know, you have to be J.D. Martinez, um, yeah. again, oh, for yeah. use for this team. The big surprise is Rafael Devers, um, which, you know, we'll get to in, in a potential hot player of the week. Um, but the Red Sox are starting to figure out pitching-wise. David Price shut down for a couple for a couple weeks to get his shoulder better. He'll, be, he'll come back strong. Right before he went on the, the injured list, he had a 10 strikeout, seven innings, two or one run game. So he... Figures things out and sort of surprised. Just overworked? Is it sore? What's the deal with that? Yeah, they didn't really get into it, but it was surprising that he went. Yeah, on the I DL. saw that and was a little little surprised to see that. Yeah, he went on the DL with shoulder soreness. I mean, whatever that means. Um, yeah. But it was right after a game where he went seven, struck out ten, and only let up one. So um, a little little confusing on the time. But Chris Hill, obviously, again, potentially going to him for hot players of the week. But um, they're getting strong pitching. Throughout, Porcello is the one who needs to figure it out uh, in terms of their starting staff. Rick Porcello uh, was a big reason why they did well last year and needs to do better. Um, and then they don't really have a fifth starter right now. Yavaldi needs to come back, and they've just been running out Hector Velasquez recently. So they need to get a fifth starter, uh, a.k.a. Yavaldi and Price need to get off the DL and wake the F up. But other than that, Sox are looking good. They're looking strong. Uh, this year, the schedule just works out that they start out the year on the road, which led to their slow start. They don't really have a lot of breaks throughout the season because they're going to London for a two-game series, and the MLB has given them a weird, like, four days after the fact. Um, oh, that's strange. Yeah, so – or three days, something crazy like that. So they – The version of, of the, the bye week yeah. when the NFL teams do it. Yeah, and, and so it's a little strange, and they – so they they're playing a whole bunch of games, you know, before and after, and don't really have a lot of breaks uh, in the schedule until that time or what what have you. So it's been a, been overloaded, but they figured it out. Um, eight and two in the last ten, unbelievable. Plus twenty six, finally starting to pitch better. They're obviously going to score runs among the top, if not the most runs scored in all of Major League Baseball, uh, or second most. Sorry, behind the Dodgers, obviously. But uh, pretty good, pretty good start or terrible start. Pretty good uh, recently. Jordy, quick Philly talk. I mean, yeah, we we've, yeah we can jump into the Phillies quick. Um, we did them last week. Um, just give me a quick little thing, quick little blurb. Uh, do you who's a better addition, Rilamuto or, or Harper? Ooh. See, what's interesting about that question, Greg, is Bryce Harper made a game-winning catch on Monday night. Diving catch that saved potentially the game-winning runs from, from it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'd edge toward him, but having Real Muto has been, especially what comparatively to what the Phillies had at catcher last year and the combination of Jorge Alfaro and uh, Andrew Knapp, who's still on the team, 
Um, he's just such a better defensive catcher. He's a better hitter than both of them. Bryce Harper, you know, replacing, if you will, the Nick Williams, Aaron Altair tandem, Aaron Altair, now a San Francisco giant after being placed on waivers last week as a quick roster update. Um, yeah, he, um, I think that the difference between, between Harper and that combo at the moment is not as wide as real Muto over the, the catching tandem that the Phillies had last year. Um, and it kind it kind of talks, you talked about it a little bit with Sandy Leon, but JT real Muto wanted to play extra spring training games, more innings in those games. So he could really get an idea of the pitching staff so he could help them and help them excel to the point that the, that the Phillies want them to, especially because like we mentioned last week, pitching will always be a topic to talk, to talk about on this podcast every week from, from the Philadelphia Phillies because somebody's going to fucked up somewhere. Um, so what I he mean, has brought to the table has been absolutely invaluable. Yeah, and Real Muto's played in all but, what, two games? Yeah, Harper's played in every game, which has been a big debate of whether or not when Bryce Harper should get a day off. Well, uh, But Real Muto's played pretty much every game, and Andrew Knapp has played. And he pinch hits here and there. but As a catcher, you play every game? Like, that's absurd. You, yeah, you, his, his, they talked about least, this a lot at the beginning of the season, his usage number last year, I think he played 155 games. It's pretty absurd of, of a catcher playing that many games. Jeez. It's like Buster Posey status. Yeah. Um, it's, can... it's funny because like the Red Sox, I don't know. They've always had a two catcher tandem. And I feel like that's yeah. like a thing that people do, but I yeah. guess not for real Muto. Um, yeah. So you never answer my question. Who would have Harper or real Muto? Lamuto, 270 batting average. Harper, 219. JT, 32 strikeouts. Harper, 56. Uh, same RBI guys. Basically, uh, sorry, JT has more hits than, than Harper does, uh, more runs than Harper does in, in less at-bats, two less games. But, I mean, Harper, yes, has more walks and a better on-base percentage, but... If we're being honest, Jordy, you can tell where I'm leaning. Who is a better value add? So I'm still going to go with Harper because I think the value adds to the lineup as a whole. You're, when you're game planning, you're game planning around Bryce Harper, and you have to basically take a roll of the dice of whether or not you want to pitch to him and see if you can get him to strike out, or do you want to walk him and let Reese Hoskins, JT Real Muto, Odubel Herrera, Depending on how many outs there are, you still have to face the rest of those guys. Reese Hoskins, better numbers than both of them. I mean, he, Reese Hoskins has struck out just seven times less than, than Bryce has, but more RBI, more homer, less walks than Harper, but the same number of runs as Real Muto. And the stats when Bryce Harper draws a walk for Reese Hoskins, I, I tried to look up the tweet while you were asking me, um, but if we can find it, you'll see the numbers are outstanding when that happens. So the fact that, that Reese's that Reese accelerates with that real Muto accelerates with that yeah, because but, of the fact that teams are, they're planning around, around having to face this guy, but they're Reese, leaving it. They're leaving lefties in for Reese. They're leaving him in for JT because they want, because they bring them in to face Harper and they don't want to have to just keep overusing their bullpen when the Phillies get to him that quickly. Yeah, so you could argue that Reese is benefiting from hitting in between the two guys. So, oh yeah, he absolutely we're not, we're not, is. We're not talking about Reese. We're talking about Harper versus Realmuto because 
I mean, smartest move ever by by Gabe the Babe putting Reese in the middle of the two of them. Um, because yeah, I, I still would have batted if say, if say they'd ever get Harper. I still would bat. I would still bat Reese fourth. I wouldn't have put Reese third. You want him to be. You want him in a position where you guys get get on base. You'd probably st- you probably put Real Muto. Probably put him third because uh, you no, still you put you put Reese third, and then you put I, Real Muto fourth. I mean. Real Muto's a better hitter, though he gets on. You want, you want, you want that guy third. You want that guy to, like JD Martinez always bad third. You know, yeah, you, you I, want, I guess so. You want him f- closer in the lineup to be able to get more yeah, at bats. Yeah, batter when they come around for the fourth time up. Right. Uh, yeah. The, my only argument, if if there's no Harper, you'd bat Real Muto third because he's a better hitter. So in theory, he's on base more for Reese versus Reese being on base more for JT was is my argument, but. Again, I, I still think Bryce Harper. The question. Despite, you say Harper. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Harper because of what because of the fact that teams have to build their strategy around having to face this guy. Because as seen last week against the St. Louis Cardinals, when you screw up, which in the era of the specialist guys with insane 12 6 curves, sliders that basically slide across state lines. Harper can certainly struggle against it. 56 strikeouts speak for themselves. But when you screw that up, he's going to send the ball into the next century. I mean, it's, what about defense? You know, defense has to play into it. I mean, I think Real oh, Muto, certainly Harper's been a great Muto, defender, though. I think Real Muto might be one of the better. Oh, he's the he's he might be the best catcher in baseball. Uh, and he's certainly, like I mentioned, one of the better, what pickup, he adds one of the better pickups of all baseball this offseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, that between that and I would, I would argue the Gene Segura pickups probably better. Uh, just because of what he's been able to do. And he just hit another home run tonight. It's 1-1 now. Um, but batting 308, he's going to be – one of my friends made the comment, he's going to be the guy who probably does the most in the Phillies lineup, and he's just not going to get any of the credit for it because of guys like Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, Odubel Herrera, Aaron Nola. Segura is going to be that guy that that should deserve, you know, should deserve his castle if we're going to go Game of Thrones theme. but. You know, he he doesn't get as much of the, the credit that he deserves. So, I mean, what what Klintak and, and the Phillies were able to do outside of spending the stupid money before that, they were in a better position than they were a year ago when they were still a team that that was battling for a division lead and within a game and a half on, you know, on August 1st. Um, so, I mean, hats off to the front office, but I, I still think having to plan your game around one specific player is something that I think adds a lot to the lineup. It adds a lot of confidence, and it's why you're seeing guys play so well and why the offense so can can take final, off at will. Final question about the Phillies. Why does Andrew McCutcheon play so much? Uh, mainly because of the fact that I think, I would think, Gabe the Babe wants to use him as, as this veteran guy. He's their leadoff hitter. He was for opening day. He's done very well after the fact and i but you have, think you have a double herrera you have uh aaron altair scott king yeah, altair, I mean, uh, altair's gone altair's gone what happened to him he got put on waivers and the giants picked him up oh shit i didn't know that yeah we took maddie maddie d and i talked about this last week with roman quinn coming back and getting healthier uh the the phillies kind of needed something had to give and altair's I was the, really whoa, whoa, whoa i was on the pod last week well we talked about this two weeks ago um, because this was, 
as it may have even been three weeks ago that we talked about it. Um, right. Anyway, yeah, the point is that, Altair, yeah. that so, so the, to Abdul answer your question, though, Nick Williams. I mean, Odubo Herrera. Why isn't he? I mean, he sh- whatever. The point is, Odubo Herrera has been hurt. That's why he does not have as many games as, or he had been hurt. He is back now. Um, but your your traditional rolled out Phillies outfield is McCutcheon in left, uh, Herrera in center, Harper in right. Uh, this past weekend when they were in Kansas City, they were playing Nick Williams in left field and having Harper DH and then moving that around a little bit. Um, part of the reason with Nick Williams not starting that often, he's really good against righties. He's a left-handed hitter. Not good against left-handed hitting or left-handed pitching. So that's that's a big part of it, I think. Um, McCutcheon also brings that experience. I think Gabe really values that in the lineup and having a guy like that being out there, kind of showing them all how to be pros and all that stuff, those intangibles that you know, the analytics, you can't calculate really into analytics. You can't quantify that. So I think Gabe likes having that on top of the analytics that he holds so near and dear to his heart. Awesome. Um, anything else in the Phillies before we move into hot and cold players? Uh, Greg, I want to say there have been seven shutouts thrown by major league pitchers this year, and Zach Eflin has two of them. Eflin, Eflin made Eflin Mania, baby. Let's fucking go. Gabe the babe. Gabe the babe. Zach, I mean, Eflin Mania, is, it, it outdates Gabe, Gabe the babe, but I think Gabe the babe's bringing it out. I mean, last year it was uh, the other guy, the other pitcher, the all-star. Nick Pavetta? No, your all-star. Who, Nola? Yeah. Yeah, Nola's slowly but surely starting to figure, figure shit out. I mean... You'd hope his he he really figures it out, it's but amazing, his ERA is now sub five. It's amazing how how far you how cold you've gone on a guy who you were. Oh, I still love Aaron Nola. Classic I Philly. love Aaron Nola. Anyway, let's move into hot and cold players. I've of always the week, loved Jordy. Zach Eflin. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hot and cold players. Check the tape. On. Check the tape. Let's go. Also, Cole, Cole Irvin. He got called up this week with Vince Velasquez going on the DL, uh, and threw over seven innings, five strikeouts. Lefty starter. Cannot be happier to see the Phillies have a lefty starter. Um, so just wanted to mention that too. Hot and cold players, Greg. We will start with Roy Hobbs, MVP of the week for batting, um, since it could be debated that we could have Chris Sale. But just to diversify things, Greg, we'll start in the National League. Switch things up. Who do you got for batter of the week? National League batter of the week. Um, yes. I'm going to go with Josh Bell. Damn from it. the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, batted 500 this week, 14 RBI, four home runs, six runs scored, uh, on base percentage of 1.54. Um, in a on a Pirates team who uh, not bad recently, but definitely needs offense and uh, definitely needs to needs to score more runs because they've oh yeah. Among the lowest in all of baseball, if not the lowest, uh, nope, second lowest uh, behind the Miami Marlins, obviously. Uh, so yeah, the Pirates need some some runs, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully Bell can help them do that. Yeah, uh, that was that was uh, gonna be my pick if I Perfect. If you hadn't gotten it, but yeah, he's certainly he's certainly doing well well there. Gregory Polanco also do, having a great week for the Pirates as well. Uh, really taking care of business, as we mentioned against St. Louis. All right, and who's your American League guy? My American League guy. Oh, all right. I was gonna throw out a quick National League guy. No. Uh, shout, shout out to my boy Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies. 
Um, two homers, eight, eight RBI uh, in 19 plate appearances, a whole lot of walks, a on-base percentage of nearly 500, and a batting average of three of 368 for the week. So really uh, taking advantage of the money he got and uh, really starting to have a, a great, great season for a Colorado Rockies team that's still trying to slowly but surely find their footing. <laughs> I saw him last night. He did not do well. Give me your, no? give me your American League. Go ahead. Oh, that was also a pretty delayed laugh there. Well, no, I was, I was waiting for you to natural transition, but uh, you know, right. some of us, some of us are better hosts than some of us are better stat guys. So, uh, all right, all right. Oof, shots fired, man. Uh, <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, Aldemay's Diaz. I'm gonna go with George Springer. Um, guy had five homers, nine ribbies, batted. 15 for 28 with 13 runs scored on the week. That's 536 batting average. Non-base percentage just a little bit higher that as he walked four times, but it only increased his batting average by 40 points or his on-base percentage. Um, but Greg, an OPS of, of 1.683. Um, we mentioned the Astros at the top of the show. Awesome week for Springer. Absolutely tearing the cover off the ball like the rest of his teammates and I mean, you could pick you could pick a lot of guys on that team that are having fantastic weeks. But Springer leading the way, kind of what you expect from him. Jordy, great point about Springer, and I'm so happy you chose Springer because that allows me to pick my man, nicknamed the Baby, Rafael Devers for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, great week, batted 500, one stolen base, eight RBI, eight RBIs, six runs scored, two home runs. Um, for the Red Sox team, that's really on top of their game right now. Um, yeah, you know it's a, it's a good pick there. So you could have taken your boy uh, Chavez as well. Yeah, nice little week from him. Yeah, he yeah he did have a good week. Um, Not as good as Devers, but you know, nice little week. Yeah. Thank you. I thought it was a great week. Yeah, yeah. you know, got got to give credit where it's due. <laughs> um, Ronnie Rodriguez, also the Detroit Tigers, would have been a nice little pick there. Greg, let's go to pitching, though. Um, do we need to pick anybody in the American League other than Chris Sale? <laughs> he had 31 strikeouts in 15 innings. I mean, I know who I'm going to pick, um, but... Is it more insane that in his he went less innings in the game he struck out 17 batters than his previous start? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you could argue is Carrasco from Cleveland had... Uh, 12 Ks and zero earned runs and two starts. But uh, yeah, I think Chris Sale has to be 31 strikeouts and two starts has to be uh, some sort of something in terms of record or something crazy. But yeah, uh, that's a good point there. There are, unfortunately, Chris Sale didn't get a win in either of those starts. So, I mean, I guess that's part of it. Um, the Red Sox end up winning both starts though. Is that, cause that's all that really matters. Last uh, night they lost an extras. So no, uh, but yeah. um Whoops. He they did win the other one also in extras, but he I mean he he figured it out and and he had a slow start and partly because they overworked all their pitchers going in the World Series. You and I were texting about it, but um, you know they did what they had to do to win the World Series and they knew you know they even made comments about it. Oh, my free agent won't be happy. Evaldi made comments about it, but um, you know it is what it is and and they won the World Series, so ends justify the means. And they had a little slower start this year, but they're figuring it out. And Chris Sale certainly. Great week. Yeah, huge week for him. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned Carlos Carrasco. Kyle Gibson, another another guy that could have been a good pick. Uh, not a ton of – not a huge innings eater, though. Um, might be my only complaint about him, but 
you know, that's not really either here nor there. Uh, NL, Greg, I feel like this is a fairly wide open category for NL pitcher of the week. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Yeah. I'll, yeah. You go first with this. Okay. I'm going to go with Kyle Hendricks for Chicago Cubs. Great pick. 0.56 ERA, 0.56 whip, 14 Ks, one win, uh, and 16 innings pitch. So also, I mean, that's what eight innings in both yeah. starts. So deep bullpen, uh, eating innings for the bullpen, huge for them. Uh, and the Cubs, again, the hottest team of the week that uh, you and I both agreed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Robbie Ray from the Arizona Diamondbacks. 17 Ks over 10 and a or 10 and two thirds innings. Uh, one win, ERA sub one, whip of, of 1.4. But he's obviously, uh, he's got the pitching clutch, if you will. If he's only letting up only two, two runs, one of them, only one of them being earned. Um, so really, you know, he's, he's kind of anchoring down that Diamondbacks team that we, you know, kind of expected him to do. Uh, not a ton of inning, innings eaten up for the Diamondbacks by Robbie Ray, but again, that clutch. Clutch factor is is certainly something to be uh, be withheld. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, yeah. Good for you. I mean, you didn't want to throw Eflin in there. Yeah, you could throw Eflin in there. Um, I normally try to go. I sort of sometimes by by innings I mean, pitch, com- sometimes by com- strikeouts. Well, complete game I mentioned Zach Eflin right? though. I gave him. I gave Zach Eflin. I gave him his due. Complete game strikeout, right? Complete game shutout. It was pretty awesome. Only, only one of the only pitcher with two of them this year. Uh, seven Ks, only four innings al- or four four runs allowed. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, Greg, you got a bullpen guy for me? Um, yeah. Per usual, Jordy. Yeah, you want me to get mine first? Um. Let's see. Do I want All right, to I'm going to get mine first. first. Did you find one? I'm going to go with Zach Britton from the New York Yankees. Uh, kind of really just just filling out the the, the Yankee love for me this week. Um, he has three holds in as many games, four strikeouts. Um, let, up, let up a hit and uh, three hits, so a whip of one. But, um, you know, really just was helping the Yankees out. We mentioned them as a good pick for our team of the week. So going with a guy from their bullpen there because that's certainly been uh, – a shining star of that team right now. Yeah, I, I love the pick, Jordy. Um, I'm going to go Kirby Yates, San Diego Padres. Uh, two saves, two appearances, six Ks. Six Ks nice. in two innings uh, means what, Jordy? Uh, that means that he has struck out the side. and <laughs> Two for two. On both innings. Both of his innings, uh, both save completions. So last seven days, that's pretty good. Good on him yes. and and the Padres. Uh, doing better than last year by by any any stretch of the imagination, and only five games back. Uh, yeah, the, the way the Dodgers are playing, and and I can't imagine the dime, the Padres continue at this clip. Uh, I feel like that that margin may widen, especially with Colorado playing better. Um, do you have any rookies you want to talk about for the week? I know we talked a little about the Red Sox guy, about the the Astros guys. Uh, anybody else you want to throw out there? No, you. All right. No, I, I don't have anybody right now. We can figure that out a little bit later in the season. Uh, let's go to to stadium snacks, though. I don't have any. 
because I know I've been looking forward to hearing what you had at Fenway, Greg. So this is all you. Yeah. So like I said, went to Fenway, uh, freezing cold nights. So Dells was not out selling. So I had to improvise, but I also needed to get dinner. So uh, scooped up a little Fenway Frank, cool. two of them, if you will, um, with some peppers and onions and the, the longer Fenway Frank. Unbelievable. If you haven't gotten one, haven't tried one, recommend it. Um, just really, really top-notch quality quality dog there. Um, didn't go with the sausage, but my roommate ended up getting a burger from Tasty Burger. Had a little bite of that. Unbelievable as well. Um, and then, of course, salty peanuts. Where can you go wrong with salty peanuts? Nah, you can't. cannot go wrong with uh, some peanuts at a baseball game. Definitely a great pick. It sounds incredible, Greg. I got to get back up to Fenway. You have to. We had a great time. I have to go with you. My only experience, not with you at Fenway Park. (laughs) Um, Got to go with the master. So I love it. Jordy, uh, any bleacher creature? I have two of them for you, Greg. Let's hear it. All right. So the first one, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a girls softball pitcher from a New York high school. Her name is Shannon Becker. You heard about this story, Greg? Um, fill me in. Greg, she not only pitched a perfect game in her most recent softball game, or at least most recent of last week. Perfect game is, first of all, impossible to do, but that's yep. sick. Good for her. Yeah. They only they play seven innings, Greg, but she had a perfect strikeout game. 21 up, 21 struck out. Damn. Yeah. 21, 21 batters total. Perfect game. No errors, no walks, nothing. And nothing. she struck struck out all 27 players. 27 players struck out. Four Damn. of them were looking. I wonder, uh, I was going to say, I wonder, I wonder how many foul balls were even like, how many, how many, con- you know, how much contact was made, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're hitting 27 strikeouts, that means not one person's even laying a bunt down for a ground ball. Not one person's like, you know, Right, that that's that's yeah. nothing. So, how how many times was the ball even hit? You know how many foul, how many foul balls were hit? Good I don't know her. the that's, foul ball number. No, uh, but I'm she saying did, she did just, throw eighty three pitches in seven innings. So math guy, give me that. Uh, I mean that means that there were at least sixty three strikes thrown. You know, I don't know how many of them went more than three three pitches. I'll put it that way. But um, that that's still unreal. Yeah, it's still unreal. Um, Greg, she's pitched 99 innings as of this perfect strikeout game. How many strikeouts do you think she has on the year? 99 innings? Yeah, 99 innings. Oh, boy. Um, Let's see. So we'll call that 300 just for my math. That's 300 strikeouts, right? Roughly? She struck out the set every inning, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go 187. Uh, still not close. <laughs> two twenty nine in ninety nine innings. Her ERA two twenty nine and her ERA is point two eight. Wow! Sign you want to hear the up. craziest part? What's up? She is a sophomore. What? She's a sophomore in high school. What? Yeah. Is she, is she like six four? Is she got a like a a crazy curveball? Like what? What is what is going on? I don't know. She's I eleven need, and three. I need more details. She can slug at the plate. Apparently, she's hitting four nineteen with a homer and nine ribbies. And it's not her only. It's not her only no hitter of the season. 
She threw. She's thrown three no hitters, including this perfect game on the year. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's my first one. And do you have do you have one to talk about before I pull up the other one? Um, I mean, the video. Well, Joel Embiid crying with his girlfriend trying to get uh, his girlfriend trying to get oh. Insta famous. Really. Whoa, whoa, really whoa! His girlfriend me. is already famous. His girlfriend's a swimsuit model, Craig. Okay, she well, doesn't need, well, her using a viral video her, of her, her passionate boyfriend her holding him. being upset. Over the truck quadruple doink. How long we don't need been, to be making fun of people for that. How long have they been dating? I'm dating for a while. Okay, well, she didn't need to. While he's crying in a public place, she didn't need to turn around and then. She's consoling him. She needed to turn around and cry in front of everyone. She should have had the class to turn around and and whoa, bring him. Whoa! Don't behind take a, a shot in class. Door. Whoa! 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 That seems a little unfair, Greg. I know. I know. Um, yeah, you're just taking a shot at the Sixers losing. Um, still not over it. Still hurts. But do you know what else happened on Sunday, Greg? What happened? So Sunday was Mother's Day. And the San Diego Padres took advantage of this by changing their name on on Mother's Day to the Madres, which, of course, is Spanish for mother. Padre, of course, for father. <laughs> So they didn't do this just for their jerseys, Greg. San Diego Madres, okay. They did it on Twitter as well, changing it from at Padres to at Madres. Okay. A Twitter user realized this and changed his Twitter handle to at Padres. And guess what happened next? Okay. (laughs) So they changed their Twitter to at Madres. Changed their jerseys at Madres. Or just a college Madres. baseball player named Ricky Padilla changed his Twitter handle to at Padres. And guess what happened next? Oh, gosh. They lost it. They had to pay him X amount of dollars? Uh, I do not have if they had to pay him out so on that, it. Isn't that illegal to give him money? Um, I don't know. But we talked. we just talked about you trying to do it with Bryce Harper last week. But... People started <laughs> tweeting at Padres because they didn't know the change. Yeah. They're talking all about, hey, they're trying to troll the Padres. They're trying to tweet at them to connect to the game. And this kid just tweets back at him because they're tweeting at him. Like one guy was like, hey, can we call this guy up? Ricky Padilla at Padres. Sure. Can we get <laughs> can we can we designate Ian Kinsler for assignment now? So I, yeah, I, was, I got it. I was going the other direction. I'm, I'm, that's hilarious that. Uh, yeah. That's this kid just that, this that he... kid just pretended to be the San Diego Padres. Okay, and his avatar is just as like his like headshot for his college baseball team of him like in a hat and jersey. So it's like very clearly not a baseball team. He didn't even try to like disguise that he was a member of the San Diego Padres organization or anything. He's just taking it in stride. Yeah, no, I, I, I that's awesome. I, I thought it was going yeah. a completely different direction. Um, Because normally you hear about people being scumbags, but good for him, like changing it and being funny with it as opposed to, uh, you know, oh, give me money, give me this, give me that. Um, Yeah, I should have looked, I should have looked up there's a follow up article because this is from Sunday night. Well, he probably Um, can't, he probably can't get, yeah, he probably can't Um, get money from it. Yeah, because the the end of the article says, Happy Madres Day. Hopefully, but hopefully the Padres will be able to get their username from Padilla without making a big deal of things. So, Mm. I would assume they did, but 
Uh, it was too funny for when, for me when I saw that story to not include it, it there on the Bleacher Creatures. Even though the the twenty one strike the twenty one strikeout perfect game was the the obvious pick of the ones that I found, and I, I just checked. It. I love it. The Padres are the at Padres again, so they they certainly got it back from this Padilla fellow. <laughs> hey, promise to draft me, and I'll give you the Padres handle back. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? Uh, Boris is like, Boris is like yo, teach me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> joke didn't land as well as I thought. So, so, I mean, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I, I just, I just can't get over the fact the Red Sox last night twenty four strikeouts as the pitching staff and lost the game. But anyway, hey man, happens. Uh, good for good for that girl. Uh, great bleacher creature. Good for her. Um, great for that college kid to not be, you know, to have fun with it, be a little bit of a scumbag, but not a complete scumbag. And uh, you know. Jordy, yeah. anything else? I don't have anything baseball wise, but I did have a couple questions for you. Okay. Uh, shoot. PGA Championship this week. Who do you got? Well, if you believe every single story that's out there right now, it's every single player is talking about the longer you hit the ball, the better. Yep. Tiger Woods, uh, Rory, Brooks, DJ. Everyone's saying that they didn't even go out and practice putting. They're just straight hitting drivers to try and get the drivers right for the weekend. Um, yes. Which basically means you're looking at what? Rory, Jason, Day, uh, Brooks, Kepka, Dustin Johnson. Who else crushes the ball? Yeah. Um, John Rom Cam. I was talking about some with that with, with a few people, and they, they reminded me that he's not the best on weekends. Um, Jason Day, you you almost even have to put a, like a step below Rory D- DJ. Oh, okay. Kepka. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it, it's no bullshit. I've never played the black. I have friends that are from Long Island that played that go home from Philadelphia to their parents' places just to play it because it's significantly cheaper if you're from the state of New York to play there than being an outsider because uh, it is in a state park if you did not know that. Okay. Uh, but what they've said, and from other people who aren't just Long Islanders, have said that have played the course, that it's you hit the best drive of your life and you still have 230. And that's from just from the regular tees. So I can only imagine from all the way tipped out what these guys are actually hitting. If you watched a little bit last week, Kepka, he clobbers the ball for one, but the first hole at the, at the, the, tur- at the course of the Byron Nelson was, it's about a 650-yard par five. He hits his ball, what? or 550 he hits his ball 350 has 200 left mentions in interviews that's his stock seven iron distance uh it's tough not to think that he might be able to go back to back it'd be cool to see tiger do it um i would if i had to pick one of the courses if tiger was going to win another major this year uh which is awesome to just say that on air greg uh but i'd, I'd have to go with pebble um well the status just- it's funny because they're saying the last time tiger ever won two the first two majors of the year, it was it was the Masters followed by Beth Page Black. Yeah, but when, um, when it was a U.S. Open course too, so that's assuming that the that the PGA of America isn't setting it up as hard as the USGA does, which is typical for this type of setup. Yeah, um, no, and I, I think I mean looking at how things it's go, it's just well, looking, looking how things go. I think you know it's going to be raining every night. It's going to you know what I mean. I, I, it's, yeah, which just adds so much more distance. Yeah, and, to it, and I don't know if Tiger has the the length. To, to compete with the Rory, to compete with the the Brooks. I mean, everyone's yeah. saying Brooks. Everyone's saying Brooks going into it. Everyone was saying. Uh, I, I 
I feel like it's either Brooks or Rory. That's the, I feel like if, if you see that as the final group, don't be surprised. I mean, what about DJ? Yeah. DJ could do DJ certainly can do it when DJ's on his best. Um, you're sleeping he's, on I mean, he's nearly untouchable when he's on his best. I mean, there's, there's still that gift from, I think a year ago or a year and a half ago where he and Jordan Spieth are in the playoff. I think it was almost, it might almost be two years ago now. Uh, but the, the shot, go, the drive goes over water. DJ just can carry it so much further that he gets 70 yards closer to the hole than Jordan Spieth could. Cause he just can hit it that much further. Yeah. Um, they show so, the graphic of that and it looks like a fucking triangle that you do in geometry class. It's insane. So I guess, um, so I guess I'm going to go. Yeah, I guess I'll go with uh sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. I guess I, I'm going to go DJ. I mean, Brooks, Brooks Kepka. I like it. I like, I like DJ. Yeah. Uh, just to pick against the, the favorite. I'm going to go Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. You mean DJ or Brooks? Sorry, DJ to pick against yeah, the, yeah, yeah. to pick against the, whatever, Reigning champion, defending right. champion. Right. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I li- I'm a bigger Brooks fan than DJ, but I, I certainly respect that, and I think DJ's, DJ's due for another major. Considering it looked like he was going to win everything under the sun when he finally did win the U.S. Open in 2016. Um, I am a big Rory fan. Uh, now the sixth year that we've been covering golf, I think I've picked Rory in a number of the different ones, including. In the 2014 PGA, where I was only a shot off of what Rory's winning score would be, not a big deal. But I'm going to pick him here. I think he's also overdue for another major. He's won in almost five years. He's looked better. He's had a couple years where he struggled. He's had a couple years where one half stinks, another's great. Um, He's starting to put it together, though, this year. And I think that this is something that this is a tournament where he has the distance. He's starting to figure it out putting-wise. I think his iron play is great. Um and if it comes down to it with chipping, I think that's where DJ gets the edge over a lot of players. Brooks, we've seen, he's a big, get it on the green. I want to get a par. If I can get a birdie, that's great. Uh, and we may not see that. We might have to see him use his short game to really win here. So I'm not too sure with that. I think DJ has an edge there. But I think Rory has that complete package, and I think this is just a the right upswing for him. Uh, a little bit of a homer pick because I love the guy uh, and would love to see him win, win another major. But I'm going to go with Rory. I love it. Um, I love it. Yeah, and then uh, Bruins are up three three zero. Obviously, we feel confident that they're going to get through. Uh, do they close out the sweep, or do you think they're going to go gentleman sweep and, and take it in Boston? I don't want them to win in four. Um, because if you listened to anything else, um, people teams that sweep and then have to wait around for another series do not do well. Uh. I mean, the Red Sox really beat the Rockies the first time around. The Rockies uh, swept and waited for the Red Sox to come back uh, on the Yankees, and then, or the, that was sorry, that was the, the first one. The Red Sox, uh, well, it still won seven, but they they ended up um, beating the Rockies. So I think, I think this. I mean, sorry, the Hurricanes even swept the round before and had to wait for the Bruins. So I'm hoping that the Bruins don't sweep just for. Um, for for that sake, but my nerves would love it if they swept, so I could yep. have a have a little break before the twenty seventh. Yeah, the twenty seventh or no? When would game? Whenever one be? the finals start. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what, are, what is it? The Saturday Memorial Day they try to do for the start of it. So that'd be the twenty fifth. 
Yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's but that's my point is that um, they've they've had home they would have home ice hopefully if they can win one more um, they would have home ice for the Stanley Cup. So I'm rooting for Jumbo Joe versus the versus the Bruins, even though San Jose is a crazy matchup for them. But uh, yeah, you pick that in seven. I pick St. Louis in six. I have a feeling that I would. I wish I can pick my games back. I still think St. Louis pulls it out, but I think that thing's going seven. Um, the first two games have been great. St. Louis looked a little bit outclassed, but Bennington just had kind of a struggle in game one. But game two of that series was fantastic to watch. Yeah, and I think I think Martin Jones really is the X factor. I mean, yeah, he, he absolutely is. He's such like a non-elite goalie. That's crazy. That they're making this far, and then yeah. you turn around and he has a game of his life in game one, and yeah. so it's it's crazy to me. But uh, any other questions? If San Jose makes it and say it goes like Bruins win in six or seven, assuming that he competes at the same trajectory that he does, does Logan Couture win the Conn Smythe trophy as a losing finalist? Win or lose. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're getting that effort, like the two goals he had the other night, we're insane, and he's basically been doing that the whole playoffs. Let's say your minimum getting two points a game in a yeah. let's you can call it five, six, seven game series, yeah. whatever it is. If you're getting two goal, uh, two points a game, regardless, uh, yeah, I think you deserve to win the Conn Smythe. Yeah, I was wanted to ask, do you think like who on the uh, if See the, if there was a Bruin that would be able to usurp that like? Like I mean, a Bergeron the, or a Pasternak or somebody. Yeah, I mean the issue with the Bruins is that they're getting not issue, but the the benefit of the Bruins is that they're getting scoring from all four lines. So yeah. reality is they they I almost said Charlie Coyle in there, but I don't think he's going with the Consmite the Bruins with I mean, the Stanley Cup. Well, it, it, he, it, the Consmite is just for the just for the it's for the whole playoffs. Okay. Well then you could argue yeah. with Tuka Rask. If the Bruins yeah, win that's true. If yeah. the Bruins win and it and, you know, let's say the games are two to one, whatever you could argue Tuka Rask because he's he's a huge reason, if not the yeah. reason, why they are here. Yeah, um, I mainly wanted to add, I mainly wanted to just talk about Logan Couture for a second because those two goals the other night were absolutely insane. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he that that takeover factor the, you don't the, see it that often in hockey. Almost like a LeBron or a you know whomever in, in the NBA. LeBron's right. kind of that, that it, game it, against Detroit from anything, ten years ago. If anything, you see it more from goalies than you would from. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't know. see it from a forward that often, and the fact that right. in that short span he just absolutely took over is insane. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna do it for me. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to ask. Yeah, uh, how soon is too soon before we get rid of uh, Kyrie and talk about how the Sixers blew their shot? Uh, I don't think it's their only shot. I don't think it's their only shot. Uh, I didn't say their only shot. They blew their shot. Similar yeah, no, shot. they they certainly that's that they, they let the series slip through their fingers. They should have won Game Four. They kind of they really fucked that up. Um, and then it would it would have been a whole different series. You have you get that Game Six where it was rocking, and you had the the opportunity of a life time to, to pull it out um we'll see how this series goes so the the bucks and the raptors um yeah and uh yeah we'll we'll have to get maddie d involved for an off-season nba pod because he could you imagine a more boring like milwaukee or toronto versus uh Golden state or even yeah yeah or even portland like no i'd be form- excited to see portland i mean part of that's that cj i went to college with cj mccollum but uh so i'd love to see him win a title but 
Portland's a fun team. They're they're fun enough. They're like if it was like a battle of guards of like Kawhi versus versus Damian Lillard, like that'd be that's the wild card series. But anything else is like Giannis versus the Warriors. Okay, that's probably the best skill matchup. But I don't know any any other mix in there is not exciting, even without Kevin Durant. Yeah, oh, I agree. It, so Durant's definitely out. Uh, uh, yeah, he probably comes. I, I know he's out for game two. Um, so maybe he comes back soon. I, I don't know. It looks like it's not at, that serious. Awesome. All right, Jordy, go okay, bees. One last question. Cause there go was back. a, there was a pop-up about this. How do you feel after seeing the arch rival, New York chats acquire Le'Veon Bell? How do you feel that they've now fired the GM that traded for Le'Veon Bell? Well, they had a great off season, right? They had a they, yeah, they had a great off season. They signed all the right players. They they had a great draft. People were they had an unbelievable off season. And you turn around and fire the. I mean, unless the coach has been doing it, but you fire the guys. Some some either something's coming out or the coach has been the one running it. Yeah, just want to get your opinion on there. You know, uh, the king will stay king until he's usurped. As I've said before, uh, it's the Patriots to lose. I just wanted to, wanted to see if you if you what your thoughts were. And hey, I mean, Daenerys destroyed an entire world with one dragon, so you never know. Yeah, um, go bees, go socks, and go Phillies, go Phils. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to us. The bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcast. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderball Exports on Instagram and Facebook. Greg, thank you as always. This was a ton of fun. And for my man, Greg Piatelli, I will see you guys next week. And go Phils. Go Sox.